Inside Books with Breda Brown. Welcome to Inside Books, a programme about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown and in each episode of Inside Books, we chat to people associated with the world of writing, including well-known authors, publishers, editors, agents, critics, booksellers and more. You'll find Inside Books on SoundCloud or iTunes and our Twitter handle is at InsideBooksIRE, where you'll also find lots of other interesting books news. My guest today is Irish author Melissa Hill, who has written 15 novels in 15 years. As well as having a huge following in Ireland, she's also an international number one best-selling author. Her books have been translated into 25 different languages, with one of her best-known titles, Something from Tiffany's, soaring into the top 10 of best-selling books in Italy in 2011. This book is now being developed as a Hollywood movie and another book, A Gift to Remember, was released in 2017 as a film. If that wasn't enough, she also writes a crime series with her husband under the pseudonym Casey Hill. Melissa, 15 novels. So that's about one a year since yeah. you started. Yeah, not counting the Casey Hill. So it's a little oh, bit more than okay. that. So, <laughs> And is it hard to keep all that momentum going? It is hard, to be honest with you, it is. I think when it began, when, when the Casey Hill thing kicked off, my daughter had, was literally six weeks old. So when we got the news... Brilliant that, timing. Uh, I know. We, Kevin was <laughs> winding her when we got the news about that publishing deal. And I think, he, you know, he, he kind of pressed her a little <laughs> a bit, bit harder hard. than he... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just becomes a bit mad because I remember at one stage, I was doing a book a year. I averaged a book a year. Um, we were doing a Casey Hill book a year. And there was one point, I think about three books in, where I was on deadline for one of my books. And the same week, we got two sets of proof one for Casey Hill and one for my next one and I'm a little bit of a control freak that way so I would also have to pr- Kevin would proof but I would also have to proof as well and we just kind of looked at each other and said you know we just can't keep this up it's, this is it's a bit just, mad it's a bit mad so now we average a Casey Hill book maybe once every 18 months or once every two years depending on how my schedule goes and does that system work better for you then? definitely definitely I think we found that, that it was becoming you know just way too over the top we were constantly talking about it you know even it, it's hard to take it it's hard to leave it in the office and encroaching on family life encroaching on family life yeah, yeah. so so uh, poor Carrie she was kind of listening to this stuff all the time <laughs> she, she started to add to it, it. yeah yeah. So, um, but she's like that anyway. You know, she's 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 kind of. I think she'll be the next writer in the family. Oh, fingers crossed! Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> well, we'll have a chat about Casey Hill again uh, later on. But I suppose going back to your own writing, mm. and it's interesting because there's a lot of themes run through your books and very much around the human story and sort of how people think. Was that a deliberate approach? It's kind of how my brain works. I'm intrigued by the, the decisions people make and why they make them and also the personal effects that, the, you know, the effects that that has on their on their surroundings and their families and their relationships. Um, that's always what, what makes me tick. Um, it starts for me always with a decision or some idea um, and to see where it develops from there. And where would you get those ideas from? From your own normal life or from TV or? It can come from anywhere, really. With my latest one, it was it was an interesting one because it it was kind of, a, I suppose, an old idea that I had when, when Carrie was younger and we were making a decision to vaccinate her because vaccination is, is one of the themes of, so of the book. So this is Keep You Safe. Keep You Safe, the exactly. One, yeah, on, the, on the shelves. And I remember the controversies flying around about it at the time and I was quite, I, I researched it, we researched it quite in quite great detail and we decided we would vaccinate her. But I remember being taken aback by, I suppose, the ferocity of the arguments on both sides at the time between so parents. It's so contentious. And I, for me, it didn't feel that contentious at the time. And I thought, crikey, you know, if you'd made the other, if you, if you 
he'd decided against it, um, there'd be a whole different reaction towards friends and family. So when Carrie then started school and we started getting these little notes home about chicken box and these all these sort of things. And I, I kind of remembered that whole, I suppose, that tension between parents in particular. Um, and I kind of felt, figured that it would be heightened even in a school environment. And that's where that idea came from. And what reaction did you get from readers? Well, it was an interesting one. It was probably the most interesting <laughs> one of my entire career. Really? Because to me, it f- all my books deal with issues, if you like. But this particular one was an issue front and central. And don't get me wrong, it's for me, it's all about stories. For the writing process, it's all about the story and the drama. And as I say, how it affects people. But you probably hit on a zeitgeist of timing as well, I'd say. And not necessarily so a good one, yeah. because there was a lot of controversy flying around at the time yeah. with the with the, uh, the HPV. Um, and people were, you know, people's backs get up about this sort of thing. Um, so it's not the first time that I've covered situations like this. I mean, my books, you know, they feature autism, they feature disability, they feature all sorts of things. But I suppose the issue wasn't front and central. Now, when I hear, I I suppose, on a radio interview or something like that about a a book being about an issue, I kind of glaze over a little bit. I think, oh, that doesn't sound very interesting. I don't want to be lectured Mm. to. I'm interested in stories. And uh, for me, I suppose, I was quite taken aback by how the issue overshadowed the story, if you like. And people were, you know, backs did go up a little bit. I did get some some negative reaction. And were you trolled even on social media maybe? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And how did you deal with it? I just had to deal with it as best I could which was basically saying look, I am not trying, I'm not a shill for anybody, I'm not pushing any agenda. To me that was the hardest part because it felt political and I'm not in the slightest bit particularly political in my writing. As I said for me it's all about people. It's about reactions, about situations and how they how the drama plays out, I guess. And and in this particular book, I think and I feel that I've that I've tried to be very balanced on both sides and not necessarily come down on one or the other. And did you get any advice on how to deal with that reaction or did you go with your own gut instinct? I kind of went with my own gut instinct because I felt that I had nothing to apologise for. At, at, at the end of the day, I'm just doing what I do, which is a writer, I write stories. And, um, and I'm very proud of the book. But I think, yes, I, I definitely was taken aback by how, again, and I, I suppose I should have learned really considering the, the amount of controversy surrounds this issue. Now, the controversy could continue because you've signed a deal for this story to go on TV screens. That's right, yeah. So it's what's been optioned by there? TV. It's just been optioned. Um, we've literally just, just signed and sealed it. So um, Congratulations. Thank you. So the next stage is to go to script and then see where it goes. But it looks like it'll be UTV, UK TV, which will be interesting. And would you have much involvement in that process, do you think, at this I stage? I don't like to have any involvement. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I've kind of almost felt as though I've told my story the way I want to tell it. And I'm, I don't know how to write for TV. It feels to me like a very, very different process. Um, for one thing, it would, <laughs> it would have to, you know, you have to condense things in, in quite, quite a short, a short uh, space of time. Um, no, I kind of feel like I, I kind of do what I do and let the experts do the rest. So, of course, I'm intrigued. Of course, I'm interested in, and I hope it turns And who's out going to be well. the lead characters, That's I wonder. That's the thing. They're the things that, that you're interested in. But um, I've already had experience with that anyway, with The Gift to Remember, where... Um, and I, I felt that they, what they do is they take the essence of the story and turn it into something different. And with that particular one, how did the end result compare to the actual book? I was really pleased. And right. I think everybody was sort of saying, oh, Hallmark, they're going to make it into something really sickly. So, you know, because Hallmark have that reputation for... Like Holton, Mills and Boons. Yes, but... Actually, I think what they did was they took the story and 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 the, uh, the the main concept of the story and turned it into something that's very, that's suitable for their audience. I mean, their demographic is very specific. Um, and did they consult with you? Yes, they did. And interestingly, they want to do a sequel. 
um, which was why I, I, I needed so I needed to go to LA to talk to them just just briefly. A sequel to the same story. A sequel to a gift, remember? Oh, but I haven't written one. Right. So that so was how does bit, that work? <laughs> that's a bit of a that was a bit of a shock. Have you not got something in the drawer there? Let's see you can pull out. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what we wanted to talk about really was was how, where the story should go and they did want my input on that. So I'm really pleased with that. Um, but I'm never precious about these things. I just sort of feel as though, as I say, I've told the story the way I want to do it. Doesn't change. The book still stays the same. Um, and I know some authors are, are you know, are, can be quite prickly about the whole thing. But no, I, I sort of feel as though I've done my thing and, you know, off you go. Closed one chapter and let it, let it roll off. Yeah. So, as we said, you began writing 15 years ago. So how mm. did it start? It's funny how, you know, they're, they're never that. I suppose for me, it's not that interesting a story. I, I always <laughs> loved writing. Or, or No, I always loved reading, you know, absolutely read the back of a milk carton, the same sort of thing. But I think it's one of those moments where you sort of think you read a book and maybe it's just not doing it for you. And you kind of think, crikey, I could do this. And that's what happened. I said to my husband, we were on a flight back from Tunisia, somewhere like that. And I said, oh, this isn't just doing it for me. I, I could do better myself. You know, one of those throwaway marks that everybody yeah. says now and again. And he said, well, why don't you? And I said, no. He, he said, put it up no. to you. He put it up to me, basically. Of course, then I realised, uh, you know, how stupid I was because it's never as easy as as, as you think it is. It's not as easy as it looks. Um, so I just gave it a go and sent it to Poulbeg, who, as you know, were responsible for launching the career. So when you say you so gave many. it a go, you sat down and did you do a full draft or yeah, just a couple a of pages? Draft. I did a full draft. I found that when I started, I really enjoyed it, really liked it. It. And I was kind of swept away by the characters. And remind us of what the first one was. The first one. <laughs> I think myself. The first. Oh yes, it was a secret. Yes, there was a. There was a. Um, let me think now. How? Yes, there was a girl who discovers that a man from her past is is re-entering her life, and that's going to up completely upend her her current situation. So you come up with the plot line and just sat and went for it. I just kind of sat, started with 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 a situation and and some characters and built around that and went with it and I found that I enjoyed it, the writing process just as much as I did reading. Oh. So I kind of felt well look I don't know if this goes anywhere. I doubt it will go anywhere because I wasn't you know working in media or I wasn't a, you know in journalism or anything like that and I kind of always had this this feeling that you you sort of would need to you know, have the, yeah, mm. I guess so. And and when you're in school, nobody ever says to you if you say you want to be a writer, it's kind of seen as this oh very flaky sort of thing. Don't don't be a journalist. Um, so yeah, I kind of did it for myself. And then towards the end, of course, then you start to think, oh, I wonder will anybody be interested in reading this? So I send it to my sister-in-law, and I, you know, she reads it. And she goes back, like, yeah, I liked it. I really enjoyed. it. I really enjoyed it. Then so I thought, okay, what what will I do next? Will I send it out? See what happens? And that's what I did. Right. And, and what was the reaction? Um, Poolberg came back quite quickly, and now look. And you back, went straight to a publisher, as opposed to were, were there agents really in those days? Yes, I did. I went to an agent exactly. Um, Jerry Nichol in the book bureau. She was my first agent, and uh, she so she sent it to Poolberg, and they came back, um, and yeah, it kind of went from there. And that was kind of one of those moments where you think. Crikey, this is kind of spiraling a little bit out of my control because I didn't really And if you're a control that. freak. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But um, no, they're, they're brilliant to work with. They're great to work with. And what sort of a deal was that? It was a three book deal to start with. Okay. And uh, then after that, it went to the UK. And once it goes on to the UK, then it goes on to translation and things like that. So it kind of And spiraled. was there much work to be done on that initial draft that you sent in? 
I think there was. Yeah, I, I, obviously there's there's a, an element of you. You tend to overwrite. I think for your first book, you tend to just keep going and going, and you don't have those. Um, you don't you don't have the skills the the skills to know when you're to go learning back. as you're going. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think the first draft was probably 135,000 words, and I ended up at 100. So that'll tell you. So a three book deal, and again, it's all good and well coming up with the goods for the first one, mm-hmm. but the second and the third is that daunting. It was daunting because the first book came out at around the time that I had to deliver the second book, which is often the way you're working a year in advance. So you're really, you're mindful of it when you're finishing that, that second book because you're just hoping the first one will do well. Um, and luckily enough, it did. And I think looking back at it, what people seemed to like and, and the feedback from from readers was that there was always a little twist at the end, mm-hmm. which was unexpected particularly in women's fiction and you like know that. and that's one of the criticisms of women's fiction is that it's predictable you can always tell how it's going to go and, but I read crime I've been reading crime all my life so for me it was quite natural to try and you know shake things up and, to, and move things around And with the books then again as we said 15 novels in 15 mm. years has your writing changed then in that sense over Yeah the years? I, I think so I think it's a lot tighter I think you're less inclined to go down avenues that you know aren't going to go anywhere um, your characters you, I hope the characters jump off the page a little bit more you're more confident I suppose yeah. because you've been there you've done it and you've become more experienced yeah and you mentioned uh, previously that a book by Jeffrey Deaver actually changed the way that you think about yes. narrative. What in what way? I think that it was what I just mentioned that I was reading one of his books. I think it could have been one of the first books of his that I read. It was called *The Maiden's Grave*, and uh, he came up. It, it seemed to me like a fairly straightforward crime novel, but there was one aspect of this character that he didn't reveal, and that wasn't revealed right until the very end. And to me, that just completely blew me away. And I just thought that it's that's so powerful by not revealing everything that you've got, by not like basically laying it out and just holding back and holding back on certain elements. Um, and I, I decided to, to use that in my writing. And I think that's what people, you know, people really responded to that. Readers. And you were obviously able to use it in the uh, the Casey Hill books yes, then as great. well. <laughs> so at what stage then in your writing aspect did you suddenly decide that yourself and your husband should get together and just write forensic crime thrillers for we the fun of it? We didn't really decide. It was again <laughs> one of those strange, strange moments where, well, as, as I said, I've always loved reading crime and I always wanted to write crime. It was probably my first love. And st- I had started. So a, why did you not write crime first time out then? I don't actually know. It, that's a good question. and Nobody's ever asked me that one before. And it's it's interesting that I didn't, I suppose. I, yeah, it's it's hard. I, maybe it was a little bit too daunting. Maybe again, it just mm. feels a little bit too daunting. Whereas with with women's fiction, you're writing about aspects of your own life, family relationships, um, and maybe more relatable. Yeah, exactly, more relatable for yourself as well as anybody else. Um, but yes, I, so it was on the back burner, and I'd given it a go. I'd started writing a, a serial killer. Um, as you do yes (laughs) but I also really loved the idea of um, having a forensic or female uh, forensic um, character and I love because I love CSI and I love all those that sort of stuff So and she's great her name is Riley Riley Steele it's such a fantastic name you know where did did the name come from (laughs) well there was a lot of toing and froing she started started off with a different name and we had a lot of toing and froing Kevin and I we do that a lot that's kind of how it works so so she started off as somebody completely different when I was writing it but I had to put it aside I'd probably done maybe 30,000 words and I had to put it aside because my own stuff was becoming and you'd written 30,000 words by yourself at this point by myself yeah so um, but then things got really busy in Italy in particular there's a lot of you know the, a lot of my readership is in Italy so I was going to Italy quite a lot and and, and uh, again everything just just tends to kind of um, snowball 
So I had to set it aside. I mean, obviously I had to stick to the day job, as they say. Um, and Kevin always loved, because he's very involved in my career, so he knows exactly what I'm writing and what I'm working on. And I will always, we will always to and fro about what I'm working on. Do you use him as a sounding board? Absolutely, yeah. He's really good at that. And he always loved this idea. So he said to me, look... I might give it a go. I think I might know where it, where it ends. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> off you go. He's going to ruin the book. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but there was nothing, there was, you know, nothing venture, nothing gained. I said, off you go, see how it goes. And he came back with, and what he came back with, I was really taken with how easily he took up the mantle in terms of the character, because obviously writing character is a very personal thing. But he seemed to know her equally as well as me. So I was quite taken with that. And also the fact that he was able to write from the male perspective in terms of the, the you know, the, the police officers and things like that. And it was good to have that. It was almost a two sided thing. So I, we, I said, well, OK, then let's 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 finish it. You work away. Come back to me. We'll see where we go. And we started to gel ideas together. And then uh, we ended up with with the final draft of, of Taboo, which was the, the first book in the series. Um. And we sent it to my agent and she had a preempt within 24 hours. Wow. So that was quick. And like I said, our daughter was six weeks old at the time. <laughs> when we got that phone call, um, she was just sitting in Kevin's and we were thinking, OK, now we've got to do a book too. And I had another book. So it very, very quickly became crazy. But it was a great, you know, it's a great um, a buzz at the time. And did you find the process then, I suppose, much different? On the one hand, you're writing popular fiction. On the other hand, you're writing crime. On one hand, you used to write by yourself. Now you're in a in a yeah. in a team. Yeah, partnership. but it works really well because when I'm writing, I'm I'm happy to kind of come out of when I finish my book. It's nice to be able to flex the writing muscle and do something a little bit different as well. Um, so to, from a collaborative pro, from from a you know a singular process to a collaborative process. I think it, 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 it suits. You know, it's a nice change of scenery. And where did the name Casey Hill come from then? Uh, <laughs> that's a kind of a, that's a very per, kind of a personal one because my daughter's name is Carrie and Kevin's first initial is, is K. So Casey. Right. <laughs> ah, OK. And the Hill is Hill obviously is, is, your, is, your yeah, name. Oh, wow. OK, yeah. there we go. So where is there another one due then for? There Casey is. Hill? Book number seven is on the way. So Kevin's working on that at the moment. And I, then when I'm finished my, because I'm working on another one at the moment. So when I finish my next draft, I will turn my attention to that. And what we do is we write a draft each. Now, it's not a full 100k draft or whatever, but we will write, we have an idea. You don't do a chapter to. each? No. No. Crikey, okay. No. I think, I think it would other, be very... Other partnerships have done oh, that. I find actually. that really difficult. I think that would be very, that was, for us, I think would be very fractured. What we do is we plan out basically what we want to do, what we want to achieve and, and where the, you know, the personal arc in the story goes for Riley, which is important that she has, I suppose, an arc in every book. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a, a a very broad idea of what we want to achieve. So Kevin goes and does his version and then I will do my version. So you're both basically writing the yeah, same book. Yeah, And then we will gel the best of together in, right. in the last draft. Now, it, start, it used to be that more of my stuff made it into the best of. But now Kevin's <laughs> tends to make it. Well, I, he's become more confident as well as time goes That's on. That's it, as well. which is which is great. So seven books, and then has the series been optioned for? It TV? has been optioned for TV as well, UK TV. Now again, with these things, you just never know, and that's that's been going on for quite some time now. So I don't know whether that'll make it over the line, but you just never know. Someday you could get a phone call and say, "Oh, we've got somebody to star," and yes, let's do it. There you go. No, that be mm. it. Will be great to see her. As I said, she's a, she's a really good character, and uh, it's a, it's a great series. I'm, oh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. And again, with the with the crime no more than with the popular fiction 
what are you a plotter and a planner? How do you work that? Do you have to have everything plotted before you sit down or are you somebody who sits and goes, let's see where it goes? With the Royal Steel books, there is more plotting definitely because of the nature of how we work. Um, but with my books, as I say again, I'll start with a situation and a character. Character is very important to me and, and for readers. If you're not going to, you know, if you're not with the character, you're not going to go anywhere with them. Um, but concept I love. I, I like concepts that you know get me to the desk every day I don't like to sit there and say okay let's see where this character goes and what she does and what she does I I do like a strong concept to start with And what about the twists then in crime writing did you find how did you find that? No I, I found that pretty good I think it's it's something that comes to me quite naturally um, but the problem with that is a lot of particularly in my women's fiction is that a lot of people are now anticipating those twists so they try to guess them um, which makes it harder for you a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so I end up kind of trying to twist things like a, a corkscrew, and it becomes I, I lose track myself sometimes. But uh, but that's all part of the fun. So what are you working on at the moment? The one I'm working on at the moment is there's another. I suppose you, it's not as controversial as in in your facely con- controversial as uh, as Keep You Safe was, but it's about a hit and run. Oh. I'm interested in grey areas. That's kind of what what. And but why somebody makes a decision. Exactly. So that's all I can say about it for the moment. But it is, yeah, it's it's another one of those. May I like nuance. I'm interested in nuance. I don't believe in this whole black and white and making snap judgments and decisions about people. I think that people make decisions based on their own specific circumstances. And that's very difficult for us to judge unless we've experienced those same situations. And did you deliberately maybe stay away from a contentious issue this time, given no, the reaction no. you had to? I'd actually safe? already started writing this anyway. Um, so, yeah, it gives you pause for thought. But I'd, I'd, I would hate to think that it would scare me as a writer or that would affect me as a writer, I think. And how far along in the process are you? I'm nearly there. Ah, <laughs> crawling towards the finish line. Yeah, you never want to curse it. You really don't. You don't want to jinx it by saying, oh, yeah, it'll be finished next week. No, I'm nearly there. And what's after that? Uh, then I'll think I'll take a little break and go straight into the next Royally. Right. So, okay. Yeah. But it's what I do. I always say writing is not what I do. It's it's who I am. Mm-hmm. Part of part of your your makeup. You mentioned your desk earlier yeah. on, and that you love getting to the desk. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that is because we saw your home uh, recently on Celebrity Home of the Year on RT Television. Wow, your <laughs> writing space was just. Amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, I spent years in pokey little corners, you know, in the in the in the smallest little ro- in the room in the house with, you know, kind of windowless area. And uh, and I love being surrounded by the books. It's something really nice. It, it's actually really helpful. I call it the ego wall and everybody agrees. Either shake it, yeah, ego Probably just wall. reminds you, though, of, of the success to date. And you sort of go, no, I can do this. Come on. Yeah, it's if you hit a rough patch and you're there going, oh, I'm never I just what am I thinking? What am I doing here? Just walking past those and seeing all the translations of sort and knowing that you've done it before, you'll get through it again. So, yeah, it, it, it is, of course. It's um, For one, for, for me, it's all about the colour. I love the colour and I love the fact that I think books make the greatest decor anyway. Um, but there's another side of it that really does help that way. And you have a huge window looking out onto a beautiful yeah. view. So that will help with the creativity, it I'd does. say. It does. It distracts as well, but it's good otherwise. And I suppose just before we go, I suppose, interested in your view on writing talent in Ireland at the moment. Oh, there's loads, isn't there? Isn't there? There's so much of it, really. Across all genres, really. Yeah, everywhere, which is, which is fantastic. Fantastic. And I think we really do punch above our weight internationally as well. You see it all the time. I mean, as I say, I go abroad, I go to Italy, Spain, wherever, and you see other Irish authors on the shelves in translation as well. And it's fantastic. Which is brilliant. And I think women's fiction, it does get a bad rap, I suppose, at times. You know, people sort of pigeonhole it quite unfairly, really, in my, my own view. What do you think? I think it's changed a lot, though. I think the, the 
kind of, I suppose, the advent of the domestic noir has changed things a little bit. It's a very easy transition from women's fiction to domestic noir. That, uh, interestingly, that's been given a lot more credit, I think. Um, and yet, ultimately, they're the same themes. That's it. Or psychological drama is the other one, you know, yeah, that would always come absolutely. up quite regularly in yeah. popular fiction. Well, Melissa Hill, thank you for joining us today on Inside Books. It's been great to hear what's what's happening. And we're looking forward to the next Riley Steele and seeing who might uh, end up playing her on screen. So, yeah, exactly. And uh, Keep You Safe is in your local bookshop now. So thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. The next episode of Inside Books will be out soon. Just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details. The handle is at Inside Books IRE. If you want to hear other episodes, just search for us on SoundCloud or iTunes. I'm Breda Brown. Until next time, keep reading. Inside Books is a unique media production 